live. All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to uh, episode 114 of Tales from the Green Room. This is uh, Howie Spangler, and I got Matt Rhodes over, over, over here from Tropical. He's right here, guys. Um, so we're gonna be doing some question and answer stuff later. Uh, so if you got some questions, like throw them up there, and we'll bring them in. But uh, how's it going, man? Good, buddy. Hanging yeah. in there. Hanging do. Handling uh, quarantine well? Yeah. You know, I, at first it was like a welcomed relief. I mean, everything's everything's happens. Obviously, terrible people are dying. But like the quarantine itself, it's like just got off six weeks on the road. And I was like, all right, now I actually can't do anything. So here I am, you know. But it's kind of getting to that point where it's, you know, it's, it's time to get back at it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, you guys have done uh, how many live streams now? Uh, well, we had we've done a lot of like solo ones, but we had this. We had our second one last week, which ended up being total mess. With just like sound production bombed big time. Um, so we're working on doing a follow up to that probably next week. Right on. What, what were the issues? It was. Uh, I, I still don't know, to be honest with you. We uh, There was tons of prep work. They were there super early. They tested it out a few different groups before. And then, you know, this is the first time that we had, like, a giant screen where I was reading the comments. So I'm, like, watching everybody say, like, dude, you can't hear anything you guys are saying. This is sounding ratchet as fuck. And I was like, I was just, it was, it was quite a unique experience to stand there to a thousand people and say, yo, guys, sorry after 45 minutes of back and forth, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I wasn't upset about it. We're, we're going to make it up to them. So. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's the one thing about, uh, about this time right now, it's still, there's still like bands trying to figure out like how it all works and like work out the kinks, work out the bugs, you know, and even as long as I've been doing it, <clears throat> um, I had problems with my stream last night, you know, uh, because of the app I was using. I was using StreamYard, which is what we're using right now. Right. But for the music stuff, it doesn't seem to work because, like, I guess the audio seems to cut out here and there. And when you're playing songs, it's very noticeable. Not so much with dialogue, but... And you can... I don't know if it's the Wi-Fi or... They tried to tell me it was like a... It needs to be hardwired, but I don't have a situation where I can run a hundred foot cable down from where the router is to my basement. Everything sure. else works fine, you know. So right. So uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely trying to figure out and work out all the kinks. Everybody I see, you know, and um, for the most part, everybody seems to be handling everything really well. And um, when things like that happen, it's obviously disappointing. But uh, I like to think that the fans um, are kind of growing with us on it. And kind of understand, like, okay, this isn't going to be perfect, you know. Sure. We're just starting to do this stuff. So, uh, what is exciting is the fact that, like, this to me, this is never going away. Like the, it, it was already here, but now it's like, like bands are going to be using this as a tool, you know. And we ha- we hadn't really done a lot of this stuff, and I was like, I'm honestly like that first one. I was like, we did like two of them in the first weekend, and I was like, holy shit! Like we've been sleeping on this. It did so well. And I, I like, yeah, it's, it's going to be a permanent part of, you know, what we do as we move forward. I, you know, it's it, it's really been amazing. And, I, you know, part of me thinks like, you know, I don't know how much of this, how much of the success of those ones was attributed to it being, you know, what it is right now and how much is we could have been doing for years already. You know, I don't know. But 
it was certainly amazing. And like that first one in particular, how well it did, we had like uh, a couple thousand people watching like 1500 overall on average. And I did like 80,000 views in like a first 24 hours or 48 hours. And I just like that feeling was just so surreal and weird. You know, a lot better than me. You guys have been doing stuff like this, but that was the first time for for us. We were like, dude, this is so strange, but like beautifully strange, you know? Like, yeah, it was, it was really uh, like, I, I caught a lot of that first stream and you guys crushed it for one. You guys played for like two solid hours, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of songs and just really, you know, just kind of doing it on the fly. Like you're just doing what you guys do, you know, you just, yeah. and, and, and uh, trying to incorporate how to, um, how to like interact with the crowd. Because, you know, if, if interacting with the crowd was hard to do at a regular show, it is like impossible <laughs> for these things. It, there's nobody reacting to your shit. I mean, they are, but you're there. It's, it's not in front of you, you know, and seeing it in text form, like you can get all the flame emojis you want. It doesn't replace like the, that feeling of the, the roar, you know? <laughs> right. There's pros and cons though, too. You don't, you, you don't get the, the roar, but you also don't get like broski in the front. Like, right. <laughs> or there was like people like on their phone and shit. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. 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 Waste the girl, whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it's funny, man. There's definitely differences. Uh, some for the better, maybe. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's been a, it's been quite a interesting process, and it's, they're fun to put on. They're fun to do because you, you learn something every time. You know, um, we had issues after for our first one. You know, I'm sending everybody because you know you create that YouTube event weeks ahead of time, and right. you send everybody there, right? So like five minutes five minutes before showtime. <clears throat> We had like 900 people just waiting, just in the chat, just chatting with each other. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. That's awesome. People making friends and shit. It was awesome. Everybody's stoked, man. We're like, hey, we got 900 people. And all of a sudden, like the, the people there, they, they needed my stream key to get in. I don't know why this, we didn't think to set this up earlier for some reason, but we couldn't get in. So they couldn't access that particular stream and uh-huh. stream key is only good for that particular stream. So after like 15 minutes of trying to figure it out, I had to create a brand new stream and send everybody in this chat over to the other. So, you know, I immediately, I'm like, go here, go here, go to this link. I'm posting like crazy. I go to all the, all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, go here. I'm like making videos on, on Instagram, like story, like, okay, everybody go here, swipe up, swipe up, you know, just cause we're trying to get going, you know, we're like 20 minutes over. Right. And, uh, you know, finally you start seeing it's like 500, 600, 700. It climbed up to almost where it was. So I don't know if we lost, we probably ultimately didn't really lose anybody. People probably found it, but um, it was just like that, that frustration and stress of like, you know, you know, so this time for the last one, I, I copied my stream key. Everything was in a, in a note that I, I could just copy and paste. And of course it worked fine on the next one, but you know, and then like certain sound things or like way, the way this looked or way that it's, you learn something every time, you know? Yeah. That's definitely a unique part of it too, is that like, you know, when our stream last week, it's like, like the people aren't in the club. Like if the sound's effed up, they're not like all walking out the door, you know what I'm saying? So like, if we only have so long to kind of square that stuff away before you put people are just dropping off when they wouldn't be, if they were like bodies in the show, you know? Yeah. 
it's definitely a special sort of situation. Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's what's been really, really cool to see and really amazing about it is, uh, the, the amount of support, like the, the, the fans that they want to support, they want to donate to the cause to keep the ship afloat because I don't know how, I don't know how much people have thought about it, but like when you really start thinking about it from internally as the band, it's like, like shit, man, like we really need to bring in such and such amount of money to kind of keep things moving, you know, minimum, you know, we need this many thousands of dollars to kind of keep things afloat until we can get the live shows back, you know, because people need to make their salaries or, or whatever it is, you know, I don't know, every band pays differently, things like that has their own situation, but, um, you know, but the fans are like, just, yes, here, you guys are providing a service for me. I'm you're, you're helping me with my quarantine, my anxiety, my depression, whatever it is. And I want to give you some money that, you know, it's really incredible. It is. It's mind blowing. I, I can't thank everybody enough. It's, it's like been great. Um, I hope this doesn't go on another two months though. That being said, you know, yeah, I'm sure. What's your like, when do you think Ballyhoo will play a show next? What's your best guess right now? Bro, we're looking at like, you know, like I, I saw some shows get moved to like end of May and I'm like, that's not happening. Right. Um, you know, in my head, I'm, I'm already like, if I'm being blatantly honest and like, you know, I don't know how realistic, but I, I don't think we're going to be playing shows until at least <laughs> November, December. Oh, dude. So I, look, man, I don't, I don't want that. I don't, I'm just saying, you think I'm gonna ask you. that's what you're hard at heart telling you right now, dude. I just look, man, I, I don't, I'm, I'm just looking at shit. I'm just like trying to see it. You know, you're reading all these, there's some, there's some articles out there about like, Oh, 2021 October, you know, like it's when shit's going to come back. Now I don't think that like stadiums and arena shows are going to happen this summer or even this fall. Oh, I'm no. talking 10 to 60,000 people in a room together, right? No, no, it's no. not going to happen. Right. Um, can we get, can we pack a club with 250 people, you know, like cap, like cap it off, even if it's a 500 cap room, is that the law? Is it going to be like, okay, this many people can go in, you know, so restaurants can be open and clubs, uh, you know, I, I'm fine with playing to 200 people. That's totally fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to be raging, but man, it's just like, it's, it's, I, I hate to think that, but like, yeah, hopefully, hopefully sooner, hopefully sooner. But, and I think that Ben need to stay proactive and book the shows, get the holds, like obviously have something ready to go in case things are ready. You know, everything gets switched back on, you know, book the tour, book the, whatever it is, you can always cancel it, but you definitely don't want to be in a situation where you just kind of waited and weren't proactive. And all of a sudden we can tour again. And now you don't have shows because like so many bands are going to be trying to get shows in the fall, you know? So I think that you should be working on it right now, at least looking at it and saying, okay, July, August, let's put something, let's line something up. I just don't know if that's going to happen, you know, right. I was going to ask you, what, what do you think about, obviously I'm excited to play, to, to play free stomp. Yeah. Uh, Cause we had to, we had to miss it last year, but um, I was excited to play it. What, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously you want it to happen. Like what is a, uh, you guys are like festival promoters, you know, like, yeah, 
More or less. That, that was an interesting point you brought up too, because it's another eerie part about all this is that, you know, we've been having, like you said, you got to be prepared for the best case scenario. So we've been having booking calls and like, you know, for weeks and weeks now planning stuff. And, and it's just like, you know, you're sitting there like, man, like at the end of the call, though, you're kind of like, yeah, that was, that was probably all for shit though. You know, like <laughs> you know, it's just such a weird feeling to be like, you know, just, it's, it's so strange. But it, 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 and you're right about demand in the fall as far as available venues in light of probably a bunch of them closing and the largest ones probably not opening yet. Like there's going to be, you know, a surplus of of bands that are going to be wanting to play an even smaller amount of venues. So, I mean, we'll see how that translates. I, I'm still of the personal thought that, you know, right now my head is July. And, that, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm confident. I'm saying like maybe July, we're going to be getting back at this. Right. But, you know, and, and, and part of my indicators is always like how this, how the restrictions first went down. It was like a trickle effect, you know, a few States and then the rest of them kind of follow. You see this jackass in Georgia, just is like flinging the doors open and everything, which is like, yeah, it's just like party starts next week, guys, you know, like, which I think is hella dumb, but you know, if more, States follow suit. Is that an indicator of what's sort of coming in these coming weeks? You know, I don't know, but I think in the next like month for sure, we'll have a lot better idea on summer. Mm-hmm. But as far as Freakstown, all systems go right now. Um, again, you know, we'll see. We want to be safe and take care of everybody. And but uh, right now, I'm still optimistic. Yeah, yeah. That's <clears throat> obviously opt- optimism is super important. Uh, realism obviously is important too, but, um, we just have to continue to watch day to day. And you're, that's where my head is at as well Is like, we'll have a better idea. I think in May, um, you know, May 1st is what next Friday. Um, so sometime in the next two to three weeks, we may have a better gauge of kind of what it looks like. Uh, Georgia opening the doors, I think is fucking dumb. Um, Because and you got these people that are complaining and like taking guns and shit and like wearing masks and like we're we're gonna open up like no like you're you're part of the problem like just get back with everybody else the sooner we can the more people stay inside the sooner we can go back outside and play exactly you know, just stop ruining it for everybody else you're gonna cause more shit to happen right. those are my thoughts on it but um <clears throat> uh you should definitely be you know having those booking calls and and uh you know, as as much as it may seem like this is probably a waste of time, <laughs> you know, just right. yeah, b- book the shows and you can always cancel them. I mean, it's better to be proactive and be prepared than than for all the situations than than right. not at all. You know, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping free stop happens. Obviously, um, and it's funny too when you think about like uh, what it will be like when things open back up and people go to concerts again. Are we going to return to, you know, there's no six feet apart in the pit, you know, and there's, we're not going to be like, are people going to be sharing joints and are people going to be, how do you drink with a mask on? You're not supposed to take the mask off because that defeats the purpose. Once you take the mask off, you're exposed. You know, it's like, do you, you know, do you go like, (laughs) you know, all those things that, you know, people go out and all the normal things that we do hanging out, talking, drinking, smoking, like whatever it is you do, whatever you're into, how do we get back to that? How do we adapt? 
you know? Do you look out to a crowd of people in a mask, you know? Is everybody, sing- <laughs> Is everybody singing the words? Walk away. <laughs> Some bands have done that already, bro. They've been doing, they made a career off that shit. Um, but I think it'll be like, you know, they'll, they'll implement some sort of rules that like every other set of rules will get like loosely adhered to. Yeah. And we're going to fucking just tumble into this and see what happens. You know, and that's just my guess. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll clamp down. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it'll be fall. I mean, I, you know, you've seen those articles circulating that say even further out. Like I was seeing like 2021 20, fall or something, you know, but yeah, I hope those aren't true, but. Yeah, like like George's that's too much. You need to like you've waited this long, like you've you've come this far, you know, like why like why blow it by just being like, All right, it's time to go. You gotta like ease into this stuff, you know? Exactly, man. This is a huge thing. And like we you know, even when we get on the other side of the, the, the curve there, you're still gonna be coming down, you know. If you know what I mean? Like still, things are still, people are still dying. Like a life is a life, you know? Right. Even if it's less people dying, people are still dying from this. You could get this shit, you know? And, and it's, I don't know, it just sucks. And, and the fact that there's no vaccine, it's just like, you know, being around people, you could, you're still vulnerable. So I, I don't know. It's like, you don't want to like, we, we're human. So we don't want to like, we have this natural thing that where we want to keep pushing, keep driving and, you know, live and all that. But it's like, and when we're told to get, you know, shelter and stuff, it's like, it's, you start feeling claustrophobic and you, you, you I don't know. And part of you, and you want to fight, you know, you want to fight, you want to get back out there. It's like, just fight the urge to fight, you know, to get state, just lay low, you know, learn a skill, learn how to sew. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Just take advantage of the time while you have it because it's probably not going to happen like this again for at least 10 years. Yeah, at least 10 years. <laughs> And hopefully, hopefully we'll be, we'll be ready for that next time. Like we'll have like infrastructure in place, like, uh, the, you know, the right amount of masks and, and ventilators and staff and like money, definitely money for when, you know, there should be some sort of a money uh, emergency fund in place that can switch on when people can't work, you know, like when something like this for as long as it is. That way businesses don't have to close down and people don't have to like kill themselves and feel like they're losing everything, you know? Sure. Did that, uh, did they have like any of that, like uh 1099, uh, unemployment stuff kicking in Maryland at all yet? Cause it's, I know like, you can apply tomorrow. Okay. Um, and that's, that's what I mean is like, you know, before tomorrow, like right now, basically, and be, and before this, as a gig worker or self-employed, you were not eligible for unemployment. But yeah. as of tomorrow, uh, you can apply. I think right. there's still eligibility requirements. Sure. Um, but at least you can apply, whereas you couldn't before, um, which is something that should have been in place years ago. Like they shouldn't have had to, you know, figure all this out. Like we should have been there waiting. Um, and people were saying this was going to happen, you know. Um, people that know this field, they know pandemic, they know how this stuff works. And it was, it, the advice and everything else was ignored, you know? Yep. Um, so, you know, it, 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 things are what they are. We just have to know that we have to learn from this and then, you know, try to be, make it better next time. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's all you can do at this point. Right. Exactly. So, uh, let's try to get people's minds off this pandemic bullshit. Um, yeah. So 
we haven't really ever uh, talked like this. It's always kind of like hanging and what's up, man. And we'll chat for chit chat, you know? So like, I kind of want to go a little bit deeper. So, uh, I remember you guys from like, Oh nine, like when we were playing at Scarlet and gray in Columbus. Yeah. And like you guys were doing your thing. And, uh, fast forward years later, you're selling out the house of blues in Cleveland and you know, you're, you're packing your, these venues out around Ohio and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you guys are like, you guys are doing shit, man. It's, it's great to see. It's great to see uh, the band is like, everybody's on fire. Like, Rex back they're killing it. Like, it's just, it's good to see, you know? Um, when, did, uh, when did the band start? And what was it? Uh, I don't know. What, have, have, was, were you in bands before this? or? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and I had like a high school band there. And uh, then I ended up in Ohio for college. I went to Kent State. So I started the band there with with buddies there and kind of um, everybody kind of party ways with that sort of lineup and the, the, the whole name sort of thing could have died really at that point. Um, but I kept carrying the torch to actually a second round of guys. Um, but this is all just like still just fucking around. Like there was no serious. It was like I was working the job. I was DJing um, at nights. And it was just it was just weekend hobby stuff. And then at some point around, I don't know, 2012 or 13 is when these guys started coming in the mix and things started to get real serious and moved to Cleveland, kind of got the whole city experience. Still am getting in in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, here we are. That's great, man. Um, so wait, it was it was it was tropidelic from the high school days. No, it was a different, it was like a, I had a high school band entirely. We were playing oh, like got it. Got pop it. rock and I had just like started rapping a little bit into the live band sort of situation with that band. And then, yeah, Tropidelic was like born in the dorm rooms of Kent State University. Um, but again, I only, it's kind of weird because like, yeah, I don't know, people ask how the band's been, how long the band's been around or whatever. And like, it's been around a long time if you want to talk about when we came up with that name and when we started like, playing the backtracks in the basement but like in my opinion like the band really kind of started when this group of guys was in it and we started touring non-stop and all this which is you know been a solid six seven eight years now but um not quite as long as those first days did you um start in the, uh like an e350 or whatever for the van or, or did you immediately go to like a show bus no, I think the first actual bus was like the actual tour thing. Now, we had a van for a little bit, but the, the first one like, that really got some miles was the like a full like a full size Bluebird. Like I don't know, it was like fifty seater or something. We put twelve bunks in it. Drove it to Colorado like once, and I, we drove it to Key West actually once with uh, Badfish. Like that was like, the first tour that they took us on, and. And Joel from Baffish still tells the story where we're like at that. Have you played that key that, that way out on Key West? Like with them, it was like I don't know what's called Key West. Yeah, but it's but it's uh it's like this beautiful resort. Yeah, yeah. And we pull up in these narrow streets with chickens everywhere, and we're on this bus, and we open it up, and like Joel tells the story. He's like, yeah, everyone's like staring at like who are these people, and they're just dumping their piss out in the sewers, like. <laughs> And he was like super embarrassed. And like he saw, he brings it up still that we were like these jackasses going in the school bus, like 
looking like bombs dropping off this bus. And those were the early days on. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah. Early days, man. The early days are uh, filled with amazing stories. A lot of stuff that I, that I can't remember. Um, but, uh, so, um, you've been, uh, you've been sober for several years now, right? Uh, yeah. So it'll be four years in September, four years in September. That's great, man. Um, what, uh, I don't know how deep you want to go into this, but like what, you know, what was it that, that made you decide to do that? Because I, I, I teeter totter on it. I'm like, I, I want to quit, but I kind of don't because I feel like I like having some drinks every now and then, you know, and it's uh, it's fun to, when I'm with my friends and stuff, you know, but ultimately, ultimately it's like, I know what it does to your body. And I know it's like, I don't, I know I don't need it. You know, um, I try to drink a lot more water these days, I've been trying to get to the gym more. I haven't obviously I've been in the gym in months now, but, um, you know, what, what was it ultimately that made you decide like, okay, I'm done with this forever. Um, just being like, you know, the, the real reality of it is, is like just hundred percent, just scared of death. Like don't want to die. I know for sure at this moment that if I keep going in this direction, like I'm going to die. <laughs> like, and that it was that simple. Like, uh, and I know it's not that simple for a lot of people. Um, and that's not to say I was going to die the next day, but like, I knew like I had to like, go, I had just one night that was like turned into like a series of like this giant scare where I was like, I was in a hospital. Like it was, it was bad. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just drinking. Obviously there was a lot of other stuff involved, but um, yeah. So that, and that was kind of it, you know? And, um, and I, and I did it with the support of people around me, particularly Derek. And uh, you know, I, I haven't quite looked back since, but don't get me wrong. Like, I still would like a drink every once in a while too, you know, like, especially like now in particular, I'm like, you know, like, I don't know, like I could smoke some weed. It'd be all right. This would be a blast. I get like maybe buy PS4 or something, <laughs> you know, but, and I don't, and I don't think the, uh, I don't think weed would like send me down a downward spiral or anything. Like maybe I'll smoke weed again at some point. I don't even know, but probably we should stay off the booze for like forever, probably, you know, because yeah. that was kind of like once at once I have a drink, it was kind of like game on with like, everything so right but yeah i, w I was gonna ask if it, is it something that like uh was it the just the thought of like you knew you were gonna like consume too much or were you just doing dumb shit when you that would get you killed you know it was uh no i mean like certainly like there was a lot of bad decisions made but more it was like what that was a gateway to the other things i was doing gotcha and then and then it became like okay, well, these other things are the bigger problem here, but if I have a drink of booze, it's going to be right back, you know? So it had to, it was just like, you better just get rid of everything, not try this half-ass shit and oh, I'm just going to do a little of this now. And, you know, it's just, it had to go. But that, that being said, I didn't really like get into the whole AA thing, which is like a pretty unique for somebody that's been sober, but that is like the way. And I have gone to meetings and I still go from time to time, but you know, people always ask me like, what, what would you do? And I'm like, I'm probably not qualified to answer that. Like I could tell you what I did, but I know that the correct answer is like hit a meeting and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's, that's big, <clears throat> big to be able to, to kind of realize and like sort of pinpoint 
like what the problem is. Like in the way you say that it's like, it's, it wasn't so much the booze that was scary as the things you did after that, you know, right. or whatever, maybe other things you consumed or the, the activities you were doing. Um, <clears throat> and you just going, you know what, just, just being, being able to get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm just going to cut this out of here because you know, this is just stupid. It's going to take me down a dumb path. Um, yeah, like I, I don't feel like locked or anything. My dad was kind of an alcoholic, um, uh, and I, I never wanted to be like that, you know. So I kind of always strayed. Um, <clears throat> I just get to the, you know, when I'm hanging out with friends and stuff. It's like that's how what happens. I end up drinking, you know. And like, I wrote a song recently called "Social Drinker," and it's like literally just about me. Like, I could be fine, but then as soon as I see my friends popping beers, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to do that now, you know. It's like yeah. the bro thing. Um, but ultimately I don't like the way I feel anymore. Like it's just, sure. I, I'll, I'll drink one beer, like sometimes with dinner, you know? And, uh, cause I'll, I, I like to have a beer when I'm cooking or something. And like, I'll, so, I'll immediately like, I just feel like I won't even finish it. You know? Cause I'm like, why, what was the point of this? You know? Yeah. And, uh, every now and then I'll have the thing. Oh, I want to take a shot. I want to do something, but then I don't. And then I'll be like, yeah, I'm just, I'm totally fine that I didn't do that. I'm, I don't, I didn't need that. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky, I guess, to, to have that mentality. Um, and I start thinking about like, you know, I don't want to look like shit in 10 years when I'm 50 and, you know, yeah. I get complimented all the time. Like, bro, you look like you're in your like twenties. I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, it's like, if I stop drinking, then I can maintain that. <laughs> yeah. So it's more vanity than anything, probably. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, it certainly, it certainly definitely helps with that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. I but guess I whatever it is that helps you, uh, help you stay healthy. I don't know where yeah. your looks, but I will say that there's like, there's like a definitive line in my life. And it was like before I got sober. And then after I got sober, like everything, everything in my life got better. Like, and it, and it was like, and I, and I would hear people say shit like this to me, but like prior to getting sober, there was a point in my life where like, I would, there were people would be like, I'd be like a sober person, which wasn't very often. And then, and I would, I'd be like, Pfft. Fuck you. like you know like like pussy like you know like you know like like just what what an ignorant idiot I was like you know like because that sober person has literally just ripped out his soul dragged it through hell and came back more than likely and, he, and like I was stupid enough to think like oh like well, you know fucking square or whatever you know but I, I get a lot of people that would be like oh like you're so you're so strong for um, you know living this lifestyle and doing this. And, you know, now that I'm a couple of years out, I can see that there's like, there's really like, I, I couldn't imagine what I would do. Like I, if I, you know, in sobriety, not doing this because it consumes like every ounce of me and so much time. It's just literally the top of my mind. Boom, 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 boom. But what, what I would, what I would be scared is if I was like, like in a, just like a nine to five sort of situation, like, what do you do when you come home? Like, you know, like right. what, what happens then? Like, I, like, you know, like I, I go to the gym that I counts for like an hour or two, but then what do you do with the rest of the time? What do you do with your weekends? Like, you know, like it's, yeah. it's that idle time that really is like the problem time. It's kind of the issue for me. Like I have to stay moving. I have to stay busy. You know, it's, it's the bad decisions get made when the mind wanders for me, you know? Right. Uh, so what do you do to pass the time now in the quarantine? I've been I've been writing and working on music. I've been like I've been sneaking into the studio with just like one guy, and then um, 
working out. I've been back getting back into running. I think I'm at like 50, 60 miles for April. So, and I got to take the personality too. So like when I like, like the running thing, like every year I'll feel it come around. And then once I'm like five runs in those first five really suck, they suck bad. But then I'm like, Oh man, then you get like this rush. And now it's just, a, I want to run every day. And, you know, record and all that. Yeah. So I got like one of those apps, you know, and all that, but it's nice to just like, like, I don't, I, I'm pretty, I, I'm really particular. Like it does. I don't like, I don't just sit down and crank out a song like that. So like now I have the time to focus. So I'm putting out a couple of solo songs. I did a couple of features for some friends coming up. Got a couple of new chop songs coming. So it's nice, you know, that's great. Um, did you, uh, did you start working out, um, after you got sober or was it like a mechanism to help with sobriety or were you working out before that? No, nah, I was before that. I was like an athlete in, in high school and stuff. At one point I thought I was going to play college basketball. And then I had like a bad back injury and that kind of put me out of that, which honestly probably changed the trajectory my whole life. Like, I don't even know if I'd like be here talking to you. Had I gone on and played college basketball, you know, like might just wow. be a whole different story, you know? So, but, um, no, I was always kind of active, um, but it definitely, it definitely kind of filled sort of that void. Um, if you stop partying, you know, it's definitely like a regular situation where sober people are in the gym more often than not, you know, but yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I like, I like when I can get myself to get up to go to the gym and now I'm missing it more cause I'm not allowed to go. You know, that's that I think a lot of people feel like that probably, but, um, but when I do go and I get into it, there are days like if I miss, you know, if I miss a few weeks or a month or something, cause I was never fully committed to it. Um, but I, I, I get frustrated and I, I don't want to push through. I get mad at myself and I'll stop like 40 minutes in, you know, be like, fuck this, you know, but I just get mad. Um, there are other days when I, I'm, when I'm doing it consistently and you get over those little humps, you know, yep. and, uh, and I start, I start seeing it. I'm like, like within a, like two fucking one or two hour sessions in a week or whatever, yeah. I can start seeing it in my arms and shit. My child, I'm yeah. like, damn dude, like you see the results and like almost immediately. And that, that's a good feeling. And <clears throat> when you get done, when you get done your workout, like, and I try to work everything out, you know, I don't, I'm not at the point where I have like leg day, chest, back. I don't have it. I'm not like that. I'll try to work everything out. And uh, I just feel good at the end, you know, for, maybe it's like because I, I know I did something good for myself, you know, and my body. Um, but you feel that and then the next day or the day after you feel like uh, that soreness, you know, like it's just like you, you, you kicked your own ass, you know, and it's, it's just a great feeling. I just wish that I had as much drive for that as I do this, you know, yeah. the music and everything else. I wish I could get hypnotized, you know, to go, you know, work out three days a week at least, you know, and and Nick, our, our bass player, I mean, he's fucking jacked and he, I mean, he goes to the gym like at least five days a week probably. And like, he'll get up in the morning, like eight in the morning and go to the gym at, you know, on tour. And that takes commitment because, you know, a lot of times everybody's drinking or staying up late or whatever. And he just goes and does it and he looks great, you know? He does look great. He does look great. <laughs> um, that's funny. So we have like a unique sort of like, that's part of it too with the band is that, um, you know, there's not a lot of, even there's two of us are sober. A couple of us don't really drink. 
couple guys blaze. But for the most part, like we're not really like partiers as a whole, you know, at least comparatively speaking. So we go to the gym like almost daily on the road, mostly for the showers. But, you know, while we're there, three or four of us are usually in there pumping. Um, so which is kind of weird because it's another kind of like weird thing where, you know, the road's supposed to be just like chaos. And I think it is a lot of time. And, and don't get me wrong. It's still chaos in a lot of ways. But for me, my routine is better. Like my headspace is almost cleaner on the road because I know I'm getting up, I'm driving three hours. We're going to the gym. We're going to load in. So, so when I come home, especially this last time coming home, cause came home to this, this crazy shit, but like, I just went off the rails. Like I was just like eating like hell. I put on like 10 pounds. So that's why I've been running. Cause I was just like trying to get this weight off, but it's bad enough getting off the road, like to get back to this home routine. But then you get home and it's like a frigging pandemic and everything's awry, you know, but it's weird. The road routine like helps me stay like sane because it's just like very rigid, you know. I uh, totally agree with that. I, I feel yeah. more structure on the road than at home most of the time. Like around yeah. here, it can be a complete shit show, you know, with the kids and everything. All that. And uh, <clears throat> you know, there there is structure. Don't get me wrong. Like there's you know there's bedtime, there's lunch, there's dinner, whatever. Um, right now it's crazy cause there's no school and we're trying to do that. Danielle's handling a lot of that. So I'm grateful for her. Um, but yeah, on the road, it's very, everything's like, you got your tour manager. Everything is like cut and dry. Okay. We're doing this. We're doing this. And everything's definite. There's no, we might do this. No, you're definitely doing this. You got going to wake up, you know, and we're going to start driving and we got to be here by two or whatever, three o'clock load in sound. It's all, you know, it's groundhog day, but that's like, a good thing in so many ways, as boring mm-hmm. as it can get and monotonous. Um, you have that structure and you just know how shit's going to go down days off. I mean, they're, uh, they're amazing, but, uh, you're kind of like, what do I do with myself? What do I do with my time? You know? Yeah. Um, so I totally understand that feeling. I, I think it's great that you guys go to the gym like that as, as a unit. Um, Fayuka does that. They, uh, they'll, they'll camp out in the parking lot of a planet fitness and go, you know, go to the gym in the morning, get showers, and that's that's their shower, you know. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Um, some, some tells me Danny though doesn't doesn't hit the gym though with the rest of them when they go. In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think different lifestyle for him maybe. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's so it's it's nice to see that, and we were doing that. We did our first like sober tour uh, back in October. Uh, we did sober October for the mm-hmm. first time again. And we had thought about it the previous October in 2018. And it, by the, by the time we were going to follow through, it was like November, but like, so we were like, okay, anybody want to do this with us? Like, I think Alex, our TM was like, Hey, anybody want to do sober October with me? And I was like, yes, let's do that. Cause I was thinking it, Donald was already not, Donald hadn't drank for like a month already. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> I think he did it to kind of see if he could do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, because uh, he, he used to drink a lot, but now he's really laid back. And even, even myself, like uh, I, I rarely drink beers at the shows. Like I'll take some shots, you know, here and there, but uh, so I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. Like I said, I don't care to do it. And um, it was a good thing. So we, we, we went to the gym, like for the first week we went to the gym together and then it just, everybody started to fall off, you know, including myself. Yep. And uh, it's just hard to stay committed to uh, to doing that when I, I just like I enjoy working so much. And no matter what I'm doing, if I'm not working, I, I need to get back to it. 
I just wish that I felt like that about hitting the gym, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's hard when it comes, if, if the booze becomes part of that routine that is like so instilled in what you're doing, then that's, that's even harder. And it, and it was for me too. Like there was, um, me more so than every, anybody at the time, but there was the one, the police state song I meant, there's a lyric about seven beers deep and we haven't left the Heights. Like I would just get on the bus and just like start pounding beer. Like we'd be in the park driveway still, you know, like that's where it was at for me. Like, towards the end there and i remember remember the one time we got like held up for some reason and we hadn't even left our town and i was like seven beers in or something you know like oh my god dude yeah like it was it got out of control and that's my personality so that's why it's like an all or nothing but yeah it's, it's like a, i describe it as like a chipping away at the wall though too so if you're at a point where you just like don't want to do it maybe maybe you're coming up to the wall you know or whatever but it that's what it took for me it made like so many people calling me an asshole calling me out for my bullshit feeling like hell just like brick by brick it was coming down until until there was you know there was nothing left and, and that was it you know yeah damn well it was nice you were able to uh take that that addictive personality you're talking about and like focus it on you know being better like fit, fitness and you know just your your overall health you know that that's great and uh <clears throat> i definitely I hope people are getting some value out of this right here, man. Cause like, this is, uh, people need to hear this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, like the, the podcast is like, you know, it's really, it's about experiences that I've had and things like that. And like my guests have had like with the music industry and things like that. But anytime like sort of like life lessons can happen to I'm, I'm like, I'm so thankful that, you know, thanks for being open about that. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. I'm an open book. I like, to, I like to just, you know, tell people how it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't know how to go, like how deep to go with someone. You know, I don't want to like offend anyone or like bring up bad memories or anything like that, you know? So I, I just try to tread lightly around it. So, um, no, you're good. I, I don't want to see the go deeper, but I don't want to offend anyone either. So like, I don't <laughs> want to be like too hardcore, like fuck up the, the PG 13 rating of this whole thing, you know, but <laughs> what I, right. um, so, uh, how many records you guys got out? Uh, it's a good question five or six i don't know there's like maybe three or four eps and i think the last full length was the third full length maybe cool okay um uh yeah we're we're i think we got seven albums we're working on number eight you know it's just slow going you know i I figure like right now is like a good time to like i want to release stuff but i want to take my time and make sure it's good i just want to put things out just to put things out and I understand that like, like the fans, they, they, they want, they want music, you know, but I don't want to give them shit, you know, so I got to take our time with it. Um, it's nice to see you doing your solo stuff yeah, as, as well. And, uh, thanks for, uh, coming to me for, uh, you know, you ask me every now and then you'll send me a track and be like, yo, what do you think of this? Like, should we do this? I, thanks for thinking of me for that. It's nice to get a little inside view. Oh, dude, thank you for the feedback. You're producing all kind of good shit from for our peers and stuff. So I appreciate you uh, giving me the feedback. You, I sent you. So we got this signal coming out with the Dirty Heads tomorrow. I sent you this tonight. song actually tonight. Tonight, tonight, yeah, tonight at midnight. But I sent you that song before we got the feature, just to get your feedback. Probably, I don't know, months ago. You know, a couple months ago. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> You're like, hey man, can you check this out? And I was, I was like, all right. And I thought I was great. You know, you just had a few questions about production and things, and um, and then I go come to find that that Jared from Dirty Heads is on the song. 
It's like amazing. Like uh, he's he's so great. And uh, he was on. What he, well, he was on? Girls, wasn't it? Yeah, he was on Girls. He did a track called uh, "She Wants Love." And uh, I don't know what, what was the process with him because for me it was uh, it was pretty quick. It literally, uh, he sent me he sent me a a verse, and um, I gave him some notes. I'm like, hey man, do can you do me a favor? Like I wanted to, I wanted him to, I wasn't, uh, as descriptive as I could have been up front. I should have said, Hey, kind of give him some guidelines or whatever, but I just wanted him to tell a little bit of a story to kind of go with the, the song story. And yeah. uh, so he redid it, sent it back and it was great. Um, what, what was it like with you, with him? Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, painless. I mean, like we talked, uh, briefly on the phone, kind of shot me over some of his ideas. I dug him. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm never, I'm never, I never quite, I never pushed people too much about even, even if it's my song, kind of just like, yeah, as long as I guess I'm like a vocal note sort of guy too. Like a melody and stuff is more important to me. So as long as like that stuff's mostly there, I'm usually just like, dude, it sounds good. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. So it went, it went pretty smooth. Good. Yeah. I like to have a, uh... When, if someone's jumping on our tracks or whatever, like I obviously want them to, you know, you're, you're getting them for several reasons, but one of them is because it's like, they have a cool way about them or a cool vision that you like to bring onto your track and you want them to yeah. have that, that comfort, you know, and it's, and I'm sure because it's a different, it's not their own band. It's, it feels weird and it's uh, but in a, in a good way. Um, so they're kind of stepping out of their comfort zone a little bit, but you're getting them for their style, the way they deliver and their voice. And you know, the way, you know, like this would sound dope on this track, you know, and yeah. certain tracks don't work for certain people. Um, so when I bring somebody in or when I go to work with somebody else, I would hope that they just kind of let me do my thing. And I always ask, is there anything specific you want me to talk about stuff like that? But like, sure. uh, but yeah, it's like, ultimately it's like, I want to be kind of free to do what I do. And I want to do the same for other people. Like let them come and do the, do what they do, you know? Yeah, and that, and that's how it started with this. We like talk with the label, like who might be good for like who who's whose style and like vocal tone, and everything would sound good on this. And that was like the very first top of the list, and it just so happened to work out. But I agree, like I just I just like give people the freedom to kind of do their thing, and just like just like Baby Dick Parade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> going down the record books. That's definitely we're going to drop record all time. <laughs> I wanted to use that on something. I was like, I got to do this on something, and it was the perfect moment because that's what the song's about. Yeah, like it's. It's about fucking douche at a party. Like yep. that's what the song is about. And like, I was like, God, I want to use this. Cause we use that phrase in the van. Like when we're driving and you know, you oh. see the dude, see the dude in the big ass loud truck, you know, they're like driving oh, by yeah. and he's speeding around and peeling wheels. And it's like, ah, like we call it a, uh, we say, uh, I got, <laughs> we say, oh, that guy's pissing on his balls. Cause his dick's so small. He's pissing on his balls. Oh, he's, gotcha. got, he's got to get home real quick. Cause he's pissing on his balls <laughs> with his tiny dick. So 
So that's the joke. Oh, that guy's peeing on his balls. And it's like, oh, get out of the way. I'm pissing my balls. And, uh, and so, like, yeah, the BDB hashtag, baby dick brigade, you know. Um, and I was like, this is perfect. This is the moment. This is my moment. <laughs> that was it. And, like, I, I sent you the, the shit, and I didn't hear from you for a few hours or something, or maybe in the next day. I was like, oh, man, I hope they like that. <laughs> no, like, I, This I, is cool, man. This is dope. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I dug it. It, 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 I didn't, I'm, it's, good, it's good to know the true, you know, the that's the etymology of of the term, I guess, or is that the right word? Yeah. It was never. It was never to take like take all this shit serious. Like I, I would never like try to like take away from someone's art by putting some dumb on there on purpose just to be funny or something. But like it was just, I had a feeling that like people would relate to it. And oh, yeah. I know this guy. I'm looking at the comments right now. They're all fucking laughing. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, they're, I don't know. Can you see the comments? The no, we're all through the comments. I I can, you can see it. Like, there's a button. I don't know where it is. Oh, I can see him. I missed that button. Damn, I wish I would have seen this button before. Oh, it's all good. I'm going to bring in people later. But, um, okay. but yeah, there's people laughing and shit. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, people can connect to it. And as, as weird as it was, because I felt a little weird singing it. But I was like, you know what? Now I'm going to commit to this. And I feel like you can say just about anything as long as you deliver it properly, as long as it's in a nice package. It's all about the packaging, right? And I felt like it worked. And it's like a, it's like a ska punk song. And it's like, it's, I don't remind me of one of my songs. You know what I mean? I felt comfortable yeah. singing on it. And uh, I just felt like people were going to relate and feel good about it. So. And it's now they can sing it and they'll, they'll laugh. And now they hear the story and they'll just laugh more. I don't know. It's a great song. I don't know. Oh, uh, dude, that, that I mean, it paints a picture too. Like that verse is concise. Like not just that lyric. Like to all, it, it's it's it like it does what it's supposed to do. You know. Good. Yeah, I was trying to like describe like real dudes I met past like parties. Just oh, you're that guy. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, baby Dick Brigade. Oh my god, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I think. Good. I think it was. Um, I first wrote that, like started writing that song on across the street from the beat kitchen at the show we played with you guys there. Oh, cool. In Chicago. That show was slamming, dude. Yeah. What was that two years, three years ago? Two years? 2018. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was sold out. That was one of the sold out shows. Was, we sold out uh, nine shows on that tour out of 27 shows. Yeah, it was a blast. So a third of the tour got sold out, man. It was us, you guys bumping uglies, slamming tour, man. Yeah. In the summer, too. So it was like prime. Yep. Hey, everybody. Quick promo right here. Shameless, shameless as ever. The new Ballyhoo song, Fighter, is out now. Uh, it includes Dark Sunglasses, California King, and Renegade, the previous singles from the last year. We wanted to put them all together so you had them in one place. We're super excited to have this out. We, it's completely DIY. We did it all ourselves uh, from recording to production to mixing to mastering and release. We did it all ourselves and we're very proud of it. If you haven't checked it out yet, please go stream it wherever you listen to music. Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else. It's Fighter by my band, Ballyhoo. Uh, we love you, and we hope to see you at the shows. Thank you so much. So what's your, uh, you know, your, I, I don't know, I guess you'd say relatively new in this, in this scheme of like, uh, I don't know, the decade that you guys really started going hard, like in early 2010s, like mid 2010s 
oh, stream was starting to happen, you know, uh, obviously we still sell CDs and shit like that, but, um, my band started in 95. Like we've been like through several major changes in like the music industry, as far as like medium, like what's popular, what platforms, you know, like there was no streaming back then. There was, it was like, and if you made a CD, you were like hot shit, you were doing shit. You know, yeah. and it was very expensive. It was like three thousand dollars to make a thousand CDs. Um, you know, that's if you wanted them in, in color. And uh, like, just the shit has changed so much. And I recently saw someone. Uh, someone asked, "Hey, what's the, what's the best way to support the band?" And someone said, uh, "Boycott streaming." Boycott streaming. And I was like, that is like the worst fucking advice you could give. Yeah. Like what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the future. So, I mean, granted, like buying a CD probably grosses the band significantly more, but I mean, that's, that's the future and it's what everything is right now. I mean, but you, you you're right. You've seen a lot. I mean, I can't even imagine I was like 10 years old in 95. Yeah, I mean, you, shit, you weren't, you weren't much older than that, though, probably. What, were you like 15? I was, uh, I was 15, yeah. Yeah. 14 or 15, yeah. yeah I so have you, a late birthday. Yeah, you you would have seen it all, but... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the number one way, right? I mean, like, the easiest way, right? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> the, way I, the way I see it is... Uh, <clears throat> sorry. The way I see it is... There's a lot of things that, like, we're still learning, you know? And I'm still learning. I still learn all the time, but what people aren't thinking about is like, yes, I, I get it. Like you're not making any money. You know, I get it. Streaming, the pay sucks. Anybody will tell you that. I agree with that. The pay sucks. You know, you're, you're less than a penny, less than a penny per stream. Um, I can say that once, when you get your numbers up and, and I tell it's like, get like, just keep writing and put shit out. You know, the bigger your catalog, the, the, the more money you're eventually going to kind of have because everybody, you have your whole catalog. They're people going to listen to it all <clears> or <throat> most of it. And, um, you can't take a CD and share a link with somebody in another country or, or across the, the state, uh, you know, across the country. You can, you can take a Spotify link or an Apple music link and send it to somebody in, in a second and they can listen to it within 10 seconds, you know what I mean? Of you sending it. You can't do that with CDs. CDs don't do anything for the algorithm the way they do in Spotify. If you're, you know, someone may listen to your CD all day in their car or play it for their friends in, in your, uh, in your car when they're, when they're driving around or somewhere, driving to somewhere that has value in it. The value is that they're going to hear you and hopefully go listen to you on Spotify or go to your show later on or buy a shirt, right? Right. There is something, CDs are still valuable in that way. We sell them as shows because it's like they're merch. They're basically like this coaster right here like yep. or, or a sticker. Like it's merch that they, they're going to get signed, but they're not popping in the CD player. They're going to listen to it on Spotify when they get in the car, right? Right. Um, and they'll buy it to support. That does generate more money, obviously, but in the long game, you have to play the long game. That's just how this works. You have to play the long game, and, and the long game, eventually, you'll see some money. 
streaming is what matters. Stream numbers are what matters. The more your song gets streamed, the more the algorithm is going to pick up on it and think that it's popular and push it out to more people. You can't do that with CDs. And with iTunes downloads, same thing. Like I tell bands like, look, yeah, push your, push your release, push it, try to get that number one spot in reggae or or whatever it is, get that top 10. It looks good at the time. It does nothing for the band after that does nothing. Like no one remembers that. No one cares. Um, but, uh, if you, if you, if you download on iTunes, yeah, you're going to make the band's going to make a little bit more money. But when you listen to that thing a hundred times, nothing happens. Nothing happens past that purchase, right? Except for if you send the MP3 to a friend, nobody wants MP3s anymore. They want links. They can open up and just listen and stream. It's just the world we live in now, man. And it's like, I said it before. I don't know how good this comparison is, but like, a rewards card, like a credit card that has a reward system on it, like a cash back or like, you know, points or something towards flights later on. It's the same idea with like a stream. The more streams you do, the more purchases you make, let's say the purchase is a stream, the more benefits going to come later. You're going to get that cash back. You're going to, you have to be looking at the back end. You have to be looking at the future, man. I, I don't know. Maybe I could come up with a better way to explain that, but streaming is where it's at. You just get more of it. Get your fans to do more of it. You know, is, does that make sense? Oh, dude, everything you're saying makes total sense. Yeah. I just want people that, that other artists, like you obviously get it. It's just like other artists, like just wrap your brain around it. You have to unlearn what you thought you knew. And it's just not that, that industry anymore. It's a completely different industry and it's ever changing. It's always going to be changing. You need to be looking ahead. Yeah. Do you think, you think we'll live to see a day where like Spotify isn't, the number one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, just like, <clears throat> just like how Instagram, uh, beat Facebook with, with younger crowds. It's mostly older crowds. Yeah. Just like Facebook beat MySpace. you know, TikTok is going to go over Instagram at some point. TikTok's going to be the thing, you know, it's, uh, there's going to be a new platform. I don't know what the platform's going to be. I don't know what the medium will be. You know, maybe it's going to be in our heads. You know, like we're going to be connected and it's just a, there's a, an app you download to your head and you, you're like, Hey, play this song and you play the shit. I have no clue, but I just know something will take this over. Just, you need to be watching, watching the market, watching your fans, learning from them. I go back and I read all the comments. I go back through on this stream. I'm going to, when I'm done here, maybe tomorrow morning or maybe later tonight, I got a bunch of shit to do, but like, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to read through these, these comments and see what people are talking about. That's how you learn your audience. You got to know your audience, know what they want from you because they want something, you know, you got to give yep. that to them. You know, um, it's all art. It's all art, but it's a great way to do some, some free R and D and learn what people want. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I learned that I need to make masks, you know, and, and we yeah. did that. Yeah, just stuff like that, you know. I'm the same way. I I try to read almost everything, but you know, granted, we don't get that. You listen to Rogan too, I'm assuming, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So he's like he's like rigid about not reading anything, you know, like yeah. as far as the come. But it, but I'm at, we're not in the same boat with getting like all kind of hate and shit like that. But I agree, you got to be in tune, and, and that's one thing I think I've done a good job of thus far is. I try to read everything. I try to respond. Th- then someone once told me that like you should respond to everything too. And I, that that's a little bit too much for me, but I, I try to read them all. Yeah. I mean, 
<clears throat> you know, it's it's also one of the things too, like Joe Rogan not reading the comments, like he doesn't necessarily have to, you know? Uh, yeah. And he also comes from that old style, like Bill Burr doesn't read comments, like none of those guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. It's, it's, they're, they're a little older than us, that, that generation. But now if you, if you want to be savvy and you want to know your crowd, look, man, you just have to build that thick skin and be able to tolerate shitty messages. I get them every now and then. Uh, most it's mostly love. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but, uh, we'll put up a video, man. I'll do a live stream. I'll get one thumbs down. There's always one. There's always one. I don't know who it is. Some fucking person out there that's thumbs down my shit. I don't know who it is, but I, I look at everything else. It's mostly great stuff, mostly love and great compliments. Um, but I'll get some shitty comment. Dude, I'll reply to that shit. Like, Oh, and, and it's not, and it's not even a dickish thing. Not like, oh, what the fuck's your problem? It's, it's literally like, somebody's like, oh, this song sucks or whatever. I'll be like, well, what don't you like about it? Like, what is it? You know, and I'll come out of a really nice, you know, what don't you like about the song? Dude, most of the time when that happens, they go, oh man, I was just mad that day or whatever. Like, so I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, man, you're cool. You know, it's, it, you really like, people are so quick to shut down the, the shitty comments and look, some people are just there to be assholes. But you have to kind of learn and give yourself the, you know, that little bubble that's like, not, you're impenetrable. Like, all right, whatever. I, I laugh at that shit. I think it's funny, you know? Some people don't have that. Some people get really hurt, you know? And I understand, but like, you gotta be, you gotta be like tough in your heart for this shit. And especially going further in 2021, 22, 23, like, it's just gonna get worse. Everything's gonna be online, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That, but that's how you learn. That's how you learn from your crowd. Yeah. So, so we got, yeah, like we earned, I earned some thick skin, like super early on in this process, but, um, like back in the day, day when I was at Kent state still, when it was different guys, we would stand out like at the busiest point of the campus in between classes and pass out handbills. And I'm talking like thousands of kids. Like you're talking about 25,000 kids at this university. We're like at the epicenter of it all. And these, some of these, some of these girls would just be like, they would shoot you down so hard. It would just like dagger. They just be like, yeah. you know, but like after like a couple hours of that and like day after day after day, like you don't, you don't give a shit anymore. It's kind of like rejecting when you're like in the dating scene or something too. Like this becomes a numbers game, you know, like, <laughs> but, but that being said, we still do like this, like DIY thing we still do is at, at the shows now. Um, so we have, you know, you make it past the merch table. Then we have, Rex and James use the point men hustling demos. Right. And then behind that we have, um, we're, the rest of us have little handbills with our name on it. So no matter who leaves the show there, you're getting something, whether you buy something or it's just a little card with our name. But one thing I've been noticing in California lately in particular, which means it's coming for all the rest of us is that like, I'll be standing behind the guy selling demos and I'm getting, I'm hearing a lot of like, uh, especially on the West coast, like who the fuck has CDs anymore? You know, like sort of thing. So like, <laughs> you know, they're the first indicator for what's coming for the rest of us. So you're, you're right there. Like the, we will definitely see the day where CDs are just like going to be fucking done. I think they will be like vinyls. Like they will be, you know, like novelty. I mean, they already are, I guess. Kind of basically novelty now. It's, yeah, it's, just, yeah, right. it's just something else to sell. It's and I think people still appreciate CDs for a different reason. You know, it's just, like, yeah, yeah. they like the art and it's something you can sign and they just have like a, <clears throat> it's something they can take home with them. Uh, and they know they support it, you know? So, you know, bands that, bands of our size um 
I think should still be pressing CDs for that reason. Obviously get vinyl too, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Passing out flyers is like the most devastating thing you can do yourself. Um, it's like so cold. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> I mean, Greg Shields cashed out is the king of this shit, dude. I've seen him. I've seen him do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. He's, he's so good. Yeah, he's say things like he was selling on warp tour for us. He did both warp tours with us all summer long. Yeah. Both years. And he would be out there in a sombrero and we hooked him up with a speaker, a mixer, our new album and some merch, all the CDs and uh, on a, on a hand truck, all bungeed down. And he would just blast the shit at the line in the morning just to walk by everybody. <clears throat> he would sell so many, so many CDs. He'd be like, he'd be standing. He's a, he's great at like, you know, countering when someone, when someone's like, when you're like, Hey, would you like to buy a CD or like listen and check it out? People go, no, I'm good. He'll go, well, what are you good at? You know, just, just keep the conversation going. You know, he's so good at that shit. Yeah, man. Everybody needs a Greg. Yeah. He's a funny guy, man. I like him. He's a, he's a dude. You just had him on what, last, last episode, right? Or two episodes ago. Uh, Adam, I think two episodes. Yeah, yeah. It, it turned out like be like a four twenty special. Like I had Donald, my brother, and Ted from Pacifier came on, so it was a fun little thing at the end. Oh, nice. Um, let me see uh, if you got some questions, guys, for uh, for Rhodes here. Send them our way, and I'll, I'll throw them up on the screen and see if they'll be nice enough to answer. <clears throat> oh yeah, give um, them. Let's see. Arlen says I have every Trop CD except the new EP and every Trop album on iTunes. Hell yeah. Thanks, buddy. Hope you're doing good down there. And I want to reiterate that, like, I'm not saying that I buying iTunes album, like, don't do that. I'm, I'm still do that. I think the fans will still support whatever way they can. I just know that it's not as popular as streaming is. You know, yeah. Streaming ultimately helps the band a lot more. Um, let's see. Cloud Nine vibes. Can we get Rhodes on a feature? <laughs> Mike, he's so persistent, buddy. Maybe, maybe one of these days we'll have to make this happen finally. <laughs> keep, hammering it, keep hammering it away, Mike. Speaking of like the old days, Mike's brother used to date the girl that I was in, sang, sang in my high school band with like freaking 20 years ago. I know his family. So, Oh, nice. Tell him what's up, brother. That's awesome. Um, let me see. Oh, these, this shit's flying now. Hold on, come back. There we go. Um, is there going to be a Rhodes Icarus stream at some point? Yeah. You know, I like, I'm not like, I've never been the guy to like play a guitar on the corner of a bar. That's just like not like, this never was my thing. I'm much more like, I just, I like to really like dig in. I, I, I guess, I guess like, I'm self-conscious too, but that's not the reason. I don't really have fear or stage fright or anything anymore. I guess, I guess to a point. But the the, the sitting by myself playing acoustic is just like not my favorite thing in the world to do. You know, I don't know. But like, I, I that being said, it's I I forced myself out of the comfort zone a few times here. But I probably should do like a full stream at some point. We'll see. I I have more fun writing and like going to the studio than I have doing that though. So. Um, Yes. Yes. At some point I'll do one. Yes. The short answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> I think your I think your fans would, would love that. They'd appreciate it. Even if like half hour play like six songs, you know, just, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. 
Uh, Jared B says, will Eerie Vibes and Ivory Tides be, ever be streamable? Probably no. No, not probably not ever. And why is that? So that was like a second lineup of dudes, right? So I had my college buddies was the first lineup, a second lineup, and it was like all guys that were older than me, right? So I'm still learning a lot of things at this point about how to be in a band and how to set it up. And everybody thought they were the boss, you know, sort of thing. And at that point, we were splitting songwriting across the board evenly. So this record here that he's referring to was like one of the was like the, one of the first studio produced ones, and uh, everybody has an even share of it of the songwriting of the sound recording and the PA. Mm. So we can't, and we didn't exactly end on the best terms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Okay. So I think there was one guy that held out, but the rest of us were like, "Fuck it, put it out, whatever." But once got one guy says no, like you. You're dead in the water, you know? Damn. Yep. <clears throat> find some MP- some old MP3s, dude. Oh, it's out there. You can find <laughs> it if you want to. Um, let's see. Uh, Roxy says, Trop is one of my favorite bands ever. Love all the live streams. Thanks, Roxy. Yeah. You guys you guys crushed it, man. At least that, that first one I caught was like, it was great to see. It was awesome. And that was right when shit was popping. Like, when things yeah. had just happened and like you guys were very, you and like uglies and red gold green were like quick to just get out there, you know? Yeah. We were a little late. We came in like a two weeks late on that shit. <clears throat> no, I saw yours. You look great too, man. Oh, thanks man. We're lucky to have what we have. There's this, this company's like 20 minutes from my house and they, they crush it. Um, Michelle says fell in love with cashed out after I bought their CD last summer with Valley. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cash out's great, man. Love cashed out. Um, stage 20 says, what venue have you not played that you guys are dying to play? I mean, what's the, what's the obvious answer everybody says, right? I mean, Red Rocks. Red Rocks, man. That's the one. About the Red Rock. Great White Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think there's anything else. You've probably done most of that most everything up until that point by now, huh? Uh, there, there's probably a couple... You know, I'd be yeah. like, I would love to play at Royal Farms Arena right here in Baltimore. I saw okay. Green Day there when I was a kid. You know, like mm-hmm. it was Baltimore Arena. It would be cool to just play like the arena show in, in, in our hometown. It'd be fun. Bobby says, uh, Do you see a surprise hometown show when this is all over? That's something, that's something that we talked about. And I think probably a lot of bands have talked about like as like a pipe dream, sort of like, yeah, yeah, let's just throw this banging show and everybody will come out. But Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the reality of it. Like, I think there's going to be a slow crawl for a lot of people to get back to to going to these shows. And I guess I guess it really depends on, you know, when this is going to come all be done and where that puts us in the calendar year. And, you know, right now we're just focused on freak stomping, you know, hoping that's all still going to happen the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the same uh, thought, like as soon as this shit goes, like, you know, I know people are itching to get back to shows and the bands and the, the fans, but like, how quick is it going to be? Like how, you know, are, some people might not want to go out, you know, just, just because, just because shit opens up that weekend doesn't mean you need to go that weekend. You know, it's like, it's not, I mean, who knows? It's not going to be exactly hundred percent safe. There's no vaccine yet. I don't know. Are we going to, what are ticket prices going to be like? You know, some of these, promoters are going to try to make some money back is it going to be a $50 ticket like what what is it you know i don't want to see a $50 ballyhoo show i want to keep them like 10 to 20 bucks you know make it affordable 
people aren't working that's, right that, now. Yeah, that that that's been a fear of mine too. Thinking about that, like if they if it has to go to like these like tiny shows and they got a jack up, that's going to be so weird and shitty. Where like we have to do like super expensive tickets to cover the overhead for everybody. Like I really hope we don't have to enter into that world. Like that's going to be super awkward. Yeah, well, you know, they'll have to come up with a way to like try to keep overhead low so they don't have to charge so many tickets, like maybe less crew or less production or something. I don't know, man. It, it's it really is a interesting, bizarre time we're in, you know, and yeah, I don't know. No different when everything comes back. <clears throat> Great question, though. Uh, Michael. Yeah, man. Send me a track, dude. I, I'd, I'd love to sing on something. I love singing. So just send me send me shit. Uh, let me see. Will Tropodelic do a Suicide Machine song on a recording or in concert? Billy Pryor asks. What's up, Billy? I don't know. I would love to do that. I love Suicide Machines, man. I've been following. They just put out like a new album, I think, what, over the last couple of months, I think, right? I think yeah. during the quarantine they did. Yeah, Roger from LTJ produced it. Oh, did he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I love Suicide Machines. I don't know. Maybe one day we will. We were working in, we were working in like a rancid melody the other day, though. Maybe we'll do that in the next stream. Nice. Yeah, we we covered a <clears throat> we covered Time Bomb by Rancid on a tour a couple of years back. It was awesome. Um, it was funny too, but like nobody knew what it was. Like really? Every, yeah, dude. Everybody in the crowd was like, you know, twenty five and under, and nobody knew the song. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I guess you know. that song came out. Yeah, like twenty five years ago, and it's very yeah weird. <clears throat> um, let's see. Jeb asks, will we see more collabs in 2021? You see more collabs in 2020, buddy. <laughs> we got Dirty a little bit of time. We'll get Dirty Heads tomorrow, and then we have another single that I hope to have out in late May, early June with a couple more features on it. So right now, I'm just going to pop off some singles until we see where we're at, you know? That's great. Uh Kevin asks, is it hard to balance a band with so many individuals in it? Love the sound. You uh, love the sound. You all sound great. Um, yes and no. I mean, we've, we've been together so long now, so everyone kind of knows um, everybody's quirks and how to deal with it for the most part. You know, that being said, there's always shit always comes up. That's a problem from time to time. But I think that's just people in groups period you know like that's just how it is in offices or whatever you're doing but um no nah, i mean now more than ever shit's going smooth yeah you, you you learn how to tour together you learn how to be to live with each other you're living together you know you yep. learn how to do that and and you know everybody's got iphones and video games and things like that you know to kind of so we don't talk that much in the van, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we do, but it's just like it, the first 20 minutes of the trip is like just a gaggle, just people talking. And then all of a sudden it just gets quieter and quieter. Everybody goes to sleep or is on the phone or whatever. It's funny. Isn't that a weird phenomenon? I noticed that too. Like when we're like, there's a certain spot on the freeway where like, all right, this is where everyone starts to shut the fuck up. You know, like everyone's like talking, like catching up. It's all good. Like, oh yeah, it's coming up and pumped. And then it's just like 45 minutes in, it's just like crickets. Yep. <laughs> I'll start, yeah. I'll start like, I usually put on a podcast when I drive more than music yeah. nowadays. And I'll wait specifically to start the podcast because it's just talking in my ear while I'm driving, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and as soon as I start hearing it die down, I just I throw it on like, like clockwork, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
Ian says, are both of you going to be on the same 311 cruise? I mean, is there going to be a 311 cruise? Do I want to go on a cruise? What, I don't know. What do you think? I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully one day we'll be on the same 311 cruise. I'd love to be back on it. Yeah. But who knows? <clears throat> yeah. It's like, after all this, man, it's like, wow, being stuck on a cruise with people, if some shit goes down while we're out to sea and we come back, we get stuck on that shit for weeks together. Oh my God. I think about that shit now. <laughs> yeah. It'd be wild. It'd be wild. But no, 311 is great people to work with. We love their team, love the band. And, uh, obviously it's a dream to work with 311. So yes. Yeah. For both of us. It's been incredible. Yeah. Super they're, incredible. They're great. Yeah. You, you guys recently played with them, right? Well, we were at 311 day as this like was all kind of coming down. Literally the first onset of this shit hitting the fan was we were in Vegas at MGM in a theater with 5,000 people. Like, you know, and it was like, I think they like just snuck that past. Like that was like, it was like, I think they were talking about the last day, maybe being a problem. I'm not sure, but they it went off without a hitch and, but it, man, that was the perfect timing for them and for us too. We put at the after parties and stuff, but um, yeah, 311 fans have been incredible to us. I can't thank them enough. That that community is uh, is huge, man. They're very loving and um, they 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 accepted us immediately. You know, we we played with 311 for the first time in 2008, and it was like right from the get, uh, people were just locked in. You know, lifers. I remember. I think it was like one of the first times I ever met you. We had, we were just, we were just little babies and we were like, it was probably around then I drove, we drove down to Columbus to LC Pavilion, yep. if that's what it was called back then. And My you were playing yeah. 311 and we like hollered at you from like the gate, like you were going to your bus or something. And I was like, it was like, one of us was like, oh, hey, and you came and said, what's up to us. It might've been like literally the very first interaction. Nice, I think dude. it was 08, 08. So around cool. Yeah, it was 08 when we played. It was, uh, it was March uh, 16th. 2008 um and yeah we played columbus ohio and it was like one of the greatest shows we played with them the night before in rolla missouri and it was a really weird show there was no sound check for us like story yeah. the year played too like right after us oh wow and they took like all the sound check time and we literally had no check no not even a line check nothing like walked out didn't know how anything was going to sound and sure enough like the kick drum dude was just in my ear so loud and piercing and everything was fucked up. And the crowd was really weird. Cause it was like, they were drinking all day. Cause it was like a uh, St. Patty's day parade. And, and apparently Rolla, Missouri goes fucking hard on their St. Patty's day. So everyone was passed out. Everybody was really just low energy. Cause they've been drinking since probably like nine in the morning, <clears throat> but the show was super weird. But the next night in Columbus was like redemption. And it was like the best ever. It was everything that I hoped it would be. You know, I was, I was like, I was super nervous because I wanted their fans to love us because I love 311. You know, and yeah. I wanted, I wanted to feel appreciated. I wanted them to love the music. And it was so sick, dude. It was so good. So I think we, I don't even think we went to the show. I think we were just like so interested in meeting 311. And you got, we just like drove down to like see who could like bump into, you know, oh, like, cool. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. <clears throat> um, but yeah, props to 311 and, and the whole fam. Uh, new tropodelic vinyl coming soon. Nathan asks. Yeah, we've been, we actually just talked about that today. So there should be new vinyl in the works. We're talking about what, cause it, you know, it gets kind of fucky with how much you can fit on one side or whatever. So I'm not sure what record's going to be, but it's coming. Awesome. 
uh, let's see. Kyle says, what will be the new trend in sharing music shows, et cetera, as we move into this new life of COVID-19? <clears throat> well, I mean, I think you're looking at it personally, you know, just this is all stuff that like I'm learning every day. You know, like we're new information all the time. New thoughts are happening. New businesses are starting because of live streaming and you know, there's going to be some million dollar companies, multi-million dollar companies that are born out of this. You know, they're going to take advantage of whatever this is. Um, <clears throat> and I think we just, we just keep pushing Spotify and live streams and, you know, podcasts. I don't know. That's kind of, that's where I see it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, kind of talked about it a bunch, but this is, it's, it's the whole new, whole new world, man. Absolutely. Um, Arlen says, if you could work with any hip-hop producer, who would it be? I don't know. That's a, it's a different question, like, who my favorite hip-hop producer is. But I don't know, like, like even if he qualifies, but, like, Rick Rubin just, like, made the dopest shit ever and super diverse and, you know, he'd probably be the go-to to produce a trap record. That's not to say he's my favorite hip-hop producer, but... Yeah, like who do you work with? Who would you work with that would like uh, that you feel would uh, add to the sound and make it better? Or, you know. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Probably Ruben. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, having the having the right producer is key. Um, you bring the, bringing the wrong guy, it could make things really weird. You know. Did you guys work like hand in hand with a producer on like any of your records? Yeah. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> we had Paul Leary on Girls. Um, it was most, things didn't really get changed or swayed in any way. He was very good at um, getting getting the right take and getting the right guitar tones and making sure shit sounded good. And, and we had a great engineer there, Jerry, at Sonic Ranch. For the most part, uh, things were as is, as I wrote them. Um, and he he wasn't too uh, like I don't know if he didn't want to uh, impose too much or. You know, I, I really I wanted somebody there to be like, hey, do this or try this. You know, it was a great experience working with him. Um, and then we had uh, we had Matt Wallace, who he produced that first Maroon Five album. Which look, I'm a, I love that first Maroon Five album. It's so sick. Like the the musicianship is so good. A lot of great songs in there. And um, he produced that, so we got to do three songs from that record from from uh, Girls in those sessions. And uh, he was great. I learned a lot from him. He did a lot of like you know, not nah, do it again. Like that kind of stuff. That's what you want. Um, you know, I'd say for people looking for producers, find somebody that's going to compliment your sound and find, and don't expect anything to happen. <laughs> like as, as dreary as that sounds, don't expect someone to break your band just because they worked with so-and-so. It's just, that doesn't work like that. You know, there's a lot of, there's a machine that is behind all those big bands that you love, you know? Um, uh, Luke says, what is a small band you've been listening to lately? Hmm. It's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. A small band. I got to shout the buddies from Columbus, the quasi Kings. I, if, if I'm thinking, and I don't want to say they're small cause they're, they're do, they've been doing their thing for a while now and they're 
starting to get their due, but their songs are so catchy, man. We need more of them. You ever hear them, Howie? I've heard. Uh, yeah, I have. I think we played some shows with them. Yeah. So it was just Benny, Benny the Singer's birthday, but they got great harmonies and great songs. So shout out to the Quasi Kings. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a band that has uh, great, good dudes and great harmonies, man. Um, the John Dank Show. They're from Guam. I've heard of them. Yeah, I I went out with them on the Eric Rockmoney tour back in December. He brought them out, and these guys are so nice and just very cool and chill. And but man, the band's great, and their their uh, their harmonies are just rich, just so good. Um, so check those those guys out. Um, we'll do a couple more here. You got time? Oh yeah, buddy. Okay, cool. Um, oh, here we go. Here's a friend of ours, mutual friend, Holly. Uh, where did Freak Stomp come from? Like, I'm assuming that means like the name Freak Stomp. Tell us, tell us about the name and give us a quick breakdown of why you guys threw, put a festival on. As hard as it is to put a festival on. Well, we have a lot of help. I should say that. It's like people ask me tons of questions and stuff that I don't have necessarily have the answer to because we don't get involved with the nitty gritty organizational stuff. It's never something I really wanted to do is like do all that and be out there with a walkie talkie working the whole time. That's not, that's not what we do. That being said, we're, we're highly involved and we, we kind of have an idea and get approval on things, but where did freak sound come from? All of this came from the song. If you want to know what the name came from, you're going to have to just infer. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to reveal too much, but if you listen to the lyrics, you could probably figure out in some degree. All right. All right. All right, tough guy. I, just, I hate, sometimes I don't want to like go in too deep because you leave it up to, you know, yeah. it means what you want it to mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll explain some some stuff, but like, you, I don't know. Kind of like you don't want to open the present for him, you know? Yeah, that that's good. It's a, leaving it to the imagination. It can be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I totally get that. Um. <clears throat> Oh, she has a follow-up question. Let's just hit that. What is your favorite part part about Freak Stomp? I, I want to know this too. Man, it's so it's so amazing to have like you know you know how you got these people that are like you like you only see once a year, two times a year on tour, but they're like you, you had to miss the beat. They're your fucking family put you up or whatever, but to have them like all in the same spot is fucking wild. And then they they form long-term friendships and it's just like it's just like it's crazy i it's one of those places where i'm sitting around I'm just like i can't believe this is my life like look what we've look what we've done here and look at these people that support us and that love us and you know and i just can't believe like i it's incredible so you're, you're looking at a legacy like you're looking at you're looking at out of these people and you're just like we brought all these people together and uh that that is that's amazing that the connection man uh, they're building that community you know tropaholics is a, is a big community um yeah you know if, definitely if you're not uh, on tropaholics uh, facebook make sure you get on that um but yeah it's it's these these facebook groups man, with with these uh hardcore fans is it's something else it really is and uh it can be you know you could have 50 people or 100 people in the group, you could have 10K in the group, 
I think Ugly's Nation is like 10K, but it's fucking strong, man. Those are people that care, you know? And I think that's, that's why these, uh, you know, the, the admins will put, um, they'll put those questions in place. Like, how'd you find the band or, or whatever, like certain specific questions. Cause they, they want serious people that actually care about the band, you know? And that's yeah. what makes these groups so good, I think. And, uh, you're basically looking at the tropaholics, but they're right in front of you now at a show. Like, I love yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely see that. That's great. God, I hope this year's on. I hope, uh, I hope so on. too, man. I hope so too. I, I was looking forward to doing it. Um, I know it's going to be a banger. Uh, let's see. Michelle says, is there a longer version of the song you sang when Ohio called for shelter in place? I think she means I post a little clip of something I wrote like real quick on one of those mornings. Oh, okay. And, and yeah, we fleshed it out and that's the song that I'm going to have a couple features on here coming out, you know, May or June. I love to hear the, uh, I love to hear about the creativity flowing, man. Like the juice flowing. Like when you're saying like, Oh yeah, I wrote that song uh, when you were, when we played that show in, in, uh, in Chicago, you know, or, or, you know, this right here, like, yeah, we fleshed it out. Like, I love that. That's, that's like, I love to hear about the, yeah, I don't know. You just that you love your craft and like you're uh, being able to complete a song is a feat, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I told someone this morning on and somebody hit me in my DM about, hey man, how do you write songs? Like I'm, I get stuck. I'm like, what do you do? And I need to take my own advice because I'll just I'll come up with shit. And be like, why didn't I think of that? And why don't I apply that to myself? But like, um, some songs write themselves. Other songs take years sometimes. I got songs that I, that I wrote in like 2004 and didn't come out until 2011, you know, for whatever reason. And when I finish a song, I am so pumped. I'm so stoked about it because it's such an ordeal sometimes, you know, and lyrics is what I get stuck on. I got melodies and riffs all day long, yeah, you know, forever. But words, I get wrapped up in my own head because I, I, I want them to be great. Some people get our, our shit tattooed on them, like words, like lines. And I'm like, I don't want to put some whack fucking bars on somebody's body. Like, I want to put some good shit that means something. So I get hung up in that and I don't write anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But this, yeah, so this was, I always remember this too. Like, there's only, I don't remember where I wrote every song, but so we, it was the six weeks home from the road. All this shit's happening in the days we're driving across the country. The last hotel before the drive home, I woke up in the morning me and Derek, we always share rooms because we're the early risers. And I opened the curtains and I was like, we're waking up in a new world. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to like roll with that. You know, like you ever seen, you ever seen a, you ever seen a, a walk hard? Oh, yeah. Like, dude, yeah. It's just like that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. He goes, guilty as charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a dark fucking period. Yeah, dude. I love that shit. So that's great. You came up with the song title. That's good. That when you pull from real life, it's that's the best, you know? Yeah. Uh, Brandon Hardesty, I think, is king of that. Like, he just writes everything real and, like, just, you know, and he's so, I, I tell him all the time, I'm like so envious. He sends me songs all the time. Here, mix this, work on this. I'm like, fucking Christ, how are you doing this? Where are you pulling these songs out of? Crank them out. He's just really good at it, man. I, I love it. It's, it's uh, 
NVS. I'm like you though. I, I, I write, I, I have tons of riffs and melodies. It's, it's plugging in the lyrics. That's the issue for me. I'm the same way. And you got great lyrics. Like you, your, your flow is good. Um, and like you sing and rap and whatever you're doing, but the lyrics are always good in quality. I think, you know, Thanks, bro. It, it feels like it comes easy to you. I don't know if it is or not, but it seems like you don't have the same problems I have. Like, I'm just like, God damn it. You know, from no, shit way. Yeah. But I guess we all make it look easy, but, um, let me see here. Let's find a couple. Give me, throw me some good questions. I need like two good questions for Rose before we let him go. Let's see. Uh, Elizabeth says, will there be another Ballyhoo Uglies Tropidelic National Tour again in the future? It's such a fun one. I went to five. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. That's awesome. So you were at some of the sold out shows then. We had a couple out there. I think that's where we met her at. We met her out in California. Yeah. Hopefully one day we'll do that again. Yeah, man. Absolutely. That's that, that, that was, that was definitely one of my favorite tours. Um, just when you put a tour together, it's like, it's great to do it with guys you already know for one. Uh, but it's also great when like the bands, like the music is like slamming, like each band is slamming. And it's like, we all kind of, we're all under that sort of umbrella, whatever you call it, reggae, rock, American, reggae, whatever it is. But we all have our own flavor. And I just, I think that's so rad. And you got, everybody's got their fans and people are just pumped. Most people are sticking around all night. You know, it's good. I like putting thought into the into the tour and making a quality show because that's really what matters man it's like putting on a great show for people you know thank you elizabeth that's great um brian says why did you choose rose as your performing surname i didn't i didn't choose that uh it chose, you. It chose me <laughs> yeah but um yeah, it's just kind of nickname that stuck with me. There was a point in my life where I thought I was going to be a rapper. Let's be honest. I know we all kind of went through that at some point. But no. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, but I, so, yeah, so I was going to be a rapper. Like I was going, when I first went to Kent, I had like a little studio set up in my dorm with the keyboards and the cakewalk. And I would find all the, any kind of rapper I'd run into on campus, I'd bring them over. And at some point during that process of standing on the, flipping the dining room tables in the, in the cafeteria and rapping at three in the morning, we somehow Rhodes became sort of my, my MC name. And I just, it just kind of rolled with it from there. But I, you know, I like, I like it better that way. I like it better than my real name because that's not my real name there. I just outed myself. So. <laughs> oh shit, man. Damn. That's what the podcast is for. We're, I'm like, I'm trying to make people cry on this fucking pod, dude. Yeah. I'm trying to be Barbara Walters, dude. <laughs> um, uh, Nathan says will you ever do more skits on your albums love them yeah we had a blast people love those love those skits man so that was like Vinny and James did like some skits like I kind of was there helping write them a little bit but maybe we will you know maybe we'll, I'm not sure I, yeah you guys are great at those and uh, the one about um, uh how to catch a predator, but the, when he's got, he's got the bean fetish or whatever, the can of beans. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. amazing. Um, no, I think that's something that, uh, <clears throat> a lot of people don't know is that like, I mean, most, this includes us, like most bands that I know, like they're like basically part-time comedians, you know, like, yeah. like we wish we could do stand up. We, you know, we wish we could be 
SNL alumni, you know, like we, we, we are always coming up with dumbass things and making sketches and, and goofing off with each other. And, um, it's a, it's a nice component. It, it, it helps break up the monotony, but there's something about what we do that drives us to these places of like comedy. And for me, it's like, uh, it helps keep the darkness away. <laughs> you know? Yeah. your soul shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's a lot of evil things I could be thinking about like dark things. But like when I do this shit, laughing, goofing off, I don't know. It's, it's fun to see. I, and I love when like a band takes it a step further, like you guys and, you know, films it and makes a, a thing, you know, it's fun. We have to tone that. Like there's, there was a long toning down process for years for us. Like if it was like, if there was no filter, there would be a lot more, but like we have to, <laughs> there has to be a cutoff somewhere, I guess. I don't know. I can't imagine the thing. I can't imagine the things that Derek has done on video. There's videos. There's videos. <laughs> Locked away in a vault somewhere. Uh, for the better of all of us. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Uh, Sharon, Donald does need a mic more often. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, okay, the chat is flying right now. I'm trying to find a good one to end on here. Um, Mondays with the sex. What's going on with that? When's the new season coming out? We talked about, do you guys have a Patreon yet? We talked about doing that and maybe like doing them exclusively on there. You do so much already. I don't know. That's a wonderful idea. Um, we have a, uh, I have a Patreon. I just never used it. Um, the band doesn't have one. I, I am concerned with, I'll tell you why, because I don't, like like i'm committed to things but i don't like commitment i don't like being locked in to making things happen because i feel like i don't want to be rushed you know as sure. an artist i want to like make sure it's good i don't want to crank shit out just to crank it out i'm yeah. afraid to have a subscription service where i'm supposed to put something out every month it scares me you know um just because of my the, my process the way i write i throw things away a lot I take a long time, you know, it, maybe I could, you know, get a series of things and then, you know, release them, which is probably the better thing to do. But when you start running out of material, I, I start freaking out, you know, <laughs> it's like when you have that two weeks blocked in the studio and you have half the written, half the album written and then the other six songs just aren't coming. You know, you're like, ah, what do we do? You know, I feel that. Yeah. But no, great idea. Another, yet another thing that I think artists should be taking advantage of is, you know, that platforms like that. And, uh, your, your audience wants to help. They want to donate. Just give them something to get excited about. Give them something to, you know, to throw their money at, you know, I like the only fans idea of the premium Snapchat. Yes. <laughs> Derek set those up. Nice. Yeah. That, that's a Derek job for sure. Yeah. Um, the night we played in San Antonio, I think it was the last night with you guys, and he came out during Ross Vader in the green uh, Borat bikini. The, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, I, I did the thing where I had a break from singing, so I, he was playing, and I fucking, I walked, I walked between his legs, and I got his, his, his sack, like, grazed the top of my head. It was a great night. Great. Night. I remember. Yeah. Remember well. It was fun. That was a fun one. He was all weird about it too. He was like, "Oh, I didn't think you'd be cool." I was like, "Dude, come on, man! I love this shit." 
not getting balls rubbed in my head, but it was, you know, I just love the, the whole vibe. It's great. Everybody just, that shit's so funny to me, man. I think he's got a lot of, believe it or not, negative responses from that. So I think you was just leery that you, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever no. it, is, it is. Uh, here's a good one. Um, Michelle, Matt, who's your biggest role model? Well, I don't know. I, I just help. I, really, I think when I'm a kid, like I'm a man now, so I don't really consider anybody like a role model now, per se, I guess. And I don't know. I will say Dennis Rodman. I like Dennis Rodman a lot, man. I looked up to him so much, and I was, like, heartbroken. And I've explained this once or twice. There's, was that, there's that lyric in the song. And I wouldn't have wrote that, like, the same way if I was writing that song now. But, yeah, the whole – the way his life went, like, after – the Chicago Bulls, I was just like, man, I don't know. I, don't know. I can't really think of anybody in particular. Yeah. No, that's cool. It's, it's good to have somebody to look up to and, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who, like, a role model would be. I mean, I definitely, like, try to, like, I look at bands that I love, you know, Green Day, Billy Joe Armstrong, guys like that. I mean, that's why I play guitar the way I do, you know. I, I was, you hear that. Yeah, I was 13, 14, and I my guitar hangs way down low and I chug the shit out of it. Just beat the shit out of the guitar. That's, I went to that, that guitar school of Billy Joe Armstrong. That, that was, you know, um, and the way I perform, the way I, the way I communicate with a crowd, the way I try to work the room, uh, it's the same approach that he has. And I just, that's just all I know, you know, um, my, Have you met him yet? what's that? Have you met him at all ever? Yeah. I met them in 2004. Um, Did you? yeah, I met the whole band. Like it, my, wow. friend, my, yeah, my friend, she used to do, uh, she used to do, uh, that show with, uh, Nikki six. Um, okay. And, uh, on, I don't know, it was on like K rock or something out West. And, uh, but before that she used to live over here and she was on the DC station, HFS, which is a huge alternative station. You throw these big festivals every year. And, um, we got to be friends and she texted me one day. She said, uh, she's like, Hey, come and, um, call in at a certain time and I'll just, you'll win tickets. You'll be the ninth caller or whatever wow. to, uh, to the meet and greet for green day. I was, Cause she knew I like green day. I was like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. So she got me the tickets, <clears throat> got to go to the show that night. But before that, they did a radio station thing where the band comes in and there's like a bunch of people there and they get to, you know, kind of have a appearance <clears throat> and I, I knew I was going to meet him. So like I packed a, a, a shopping bag of like Ballyhoo CDs and a koozie and stickers and whatever, a shirt finally made my way up to, to Billy. I was like, I was like, dude, what's up? I, I just looked at him. I was like, you saved my life, man. I literally just so dumb. Like you saved my life. Like just dumb shit. Um, fangirl hard, man. And, uh, I gave him, I was like, here you go. And he took the bag and he's looking at it. Kind of, I'm like, oh, it's my band's, it's my band stuff. Just like some shirts and CDs. And you don't have, you don't have to listen to him. And like, there's a beer koozie in there. And then Trey Cool's like, uh, he's like, oh, beer koozie. And he runs over and he grabs it and he puts his Coors Light in it. And it's like, it's got the Earl face on it. He's drinking out. I'm like, oh shit. You know, I didn't, I had my camera, but it was some shitty camera. I'm trying to take pictures, you know? Nice. And yeah, man, I got to beat him in there. Super cool. And, I tried to get him to bring me up on stage tonight and he didn't see me. And uh, even though I was the tallest guy there, you know, in the, yeah. whatever, whatever. It's all good. I was, I was just happy to get the time I got. I heard they're awesome dudes. And yeah. have you, have you ever met like any of your favorite I mean, stars or anything? Yeah. It's just the ones that we're rubbing shoulders with now. Yeah. Like, I don't want to like say, 
I don't want to fit full fangirl even on here, but yeah, I've got to meet a few of them. It's been fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? But I, but like, but that Doki record, like was my, my first CD. I know it's like a lot of people's first CD, but I asked my mom what a whore was because of Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> I, I remember where I was standing in the house. Like I remember exactly the moment in her face and that CD got put in the trash so quick. Oh man. Really? Yeah, they, they they weren't having that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was a that was a uh, that's a timeless classic record for a lot of people our age, man. So that that's cool. Every song, every yeah, song, absolutely front to back. Um, well, dude, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, buddy, appreciate you. Yeah, man. Yeah, we 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 appreciate. I'm sure all the fans here appreciate it. Thanks for your questions, everybody. Um, make sure. Uh, you're following uh, Rhodes Icarus. There's this tag right there, right? Hold on, right, right there. It's it's hard. I'm getting used to doing this now. Right there, and um, follow him on the socials and uh, go go listen to Tropodelic and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see a, a live stream uh, at some point from you to play a few songs for your, for your fans. That'd be fun. Yeah, and don't forget the new single featuring Dirty Heads tonight at midnight. Tonight, you guys got a pre-save. Yeah, we, there's a, we got a shitload of pre-saves already. Make sure there's a link on our page. You can go pre-saving now. Um, otherwise, midnight tonight. Yeah, uh, pre-saving is huge. Uh, if you haven't done it, everybody in here, there's like 100 people in here right now. If you wouldn't mind, find their link on their socials and go pre-save that song. Every pre-save helps. Every pre-save counts. And that just means that the algorithm's going to pick them up and help them push them out to a wider audience. So the more you guys do that, the more you guys stream and share and get everybody on board, the better. It works for all your favorite artists. So, you know, and stream the fuck out of it this weekend. All right. Cool, man. Well, dude. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, buddy. Dude, have a, have a great day and uh, stay healthy. And um, I'm going to hit you up for some, uh, some workout tips. All right. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Hey, man.